0: This episode is brought to you by Podomatic, the easiest way for podcast fans to become podcasters. Go to podomatic.com or search Podomatic in your app store to start your own podcast for free and find your audience. Hello and welcome to episode number 360 of the Super Horror Bros Podcast. I am your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. We are back to uh, discuss a movie that has been dodging us for a very long time or maybe we were dodging it. I was going
1: to say, who who was dodging who? I mean, (laughs) no one can be sure
0: exactly let's just call it even but yeah we have finally now seen uh ariasta's new film Mm -hmm. um which is always very exciting long time in the making what four years since the amazing midsummer um is that real yeah which is obviously still one of our favorite movies that we've covered i think i think it would certainly be in a top five for sure Mm. um after these you know what over 360 episodes so very exciting no exactly um so yeah, I'm excited to finally talk about this uh, mammoth of a movie. Um, but there's a couple of little news stories. This first one's interesting because I was trying to find out about this almost forgotten movie. This is a almost like a throwback of the U- UK getting shafted, um, and we haven't had one of these in a while. Um, where I feel like we've basically got most films straight away, or, or they've been you know the classic. You get it three weeks later because lols. Mm. Um, whereas with this one, it's like, oh no, this movie's just disappeared off the slate after just coming out in, in the States over the weekend. And there is actually yeah. a reason for it, um, okay. that I was able to find. So the movie is The Last Voyage of the Demeter. Um. I remember that. Yeah, like we saw the trailer Ooh. and both quite Ooh. liked it. The kind of Dracula on a Ooh. ship movie looked pretty cool. Um. An early like I said,
1: upcoming horror movie list, uh, uh movie as well i think it was
0: first mentioned on on the first show of the year it was indeed and yeah it was one that we both wanted to see um but i'd kind of forgotten about it and thinking you know we're talking about a lot of these possession movies that have kind of dominated the the trailer scene at the cinema recently because i think we did see trailers for this Mm. uh, at the cinema you know at the start of the year um and it just completely disappeared. And yeah, it came out in the States. It's not done well at all, where I think it's just come out. And I mean, there is no hype, there's no advertising or anything. Like, this thing has just been shut out to die, um, which is a shame. Um, but as far as the UK goes, yeah, it just got pulled completely. Um, and supposedly, it's because the, the distribution is different, so it's universal in the States, um, but it's a company called E1 um, in the UK, which I am sort of vaguely familiar with. It's, it's a logo that you've probably seen before films, mm. like a, a lowercase e and then one. Um, but they have been recently acquired by Lionsgate, um, And so that seems to be what happened It's that they've acquired it. And so now they're figuring out what to do with all these assets that they've acquired. And this was one that clearly needed to be distributed. Obviously, there's a cost with that, let alone the marketing, but actually just getting the film to the cinema is, is a cost. Um mm-hmm. And so Lionsgate, you know, maybe they have other plans with this. Who knows? Like they have been so weird in recent years like i've talked about it a lot in the news that i i really struggle with lionsgate especially their uk arm like i just haven't been a fan of them for a long time and the way they do business um you know there was that what was that movie um with like the slaves and it had a twist uh, i can't remember what it was now but we um, that was one that just got delayed for like a year um do you remember the movie i'm talking about where it was like it was like they. Th- it looked like it was old time America about slaves, but it wasn't. It was like modern day. That was the twist. Do you remember that one? Oh, it vaguely rings a bell. It, it was like one-word title that began with M. I'll look it up in a sec once I can look up like Lionsgate's films, but um, something like Malevolent. I, was, I just can't remember what it's called now. But um, oh, yeah, we, I... we did not like it. Um. And But that that, that just got – we just watched that digitally because it came out like the following year, like a whole year later, and they just put it in cinemas for a week. Um, and I feel like that's going to be, be the case with this one where I'm sure this will come out digitally probably soon in the next month. And that's probably how we're going to watch it now because I'm certainly not waiting for Lionsgate to figure things out. So frustrating. Um, and, yeah, it's a shame because, yeah, this was one that we were actually looking forward to and would have seemingly, I think, been a nice cinema watch. Um but yeah in case you're wondering that is the update is that it's just disappeared because of this new obviously uh, the distributor oh, being acquired um and yeah obviously it is at, it is out in the states but apparently no one is going to see it anyway um which is a shame uh because it's been a pretty successful year for horror obviously we've talked a lot about recently stuff like talk to me is still doing super well um like i think the word of mouth like going into week two and week three that movie has just kept doing super super well um which is nice to see because obviously people are being incredibly uh, positive about it including ourselves on last week's show um Mm. but yeah and in this next uh news item just a small one again this is a again easy to forget that we're getting a new mike flanagan show this year Um, Oh, crazy because there's been, we've, we've talked about, obviously, his Amazon deal, him leaving Netflix and moving to Amazon for the future of his kind of intrepid pictures company, which which is how he produces his TV shows. Um, we also talked about his next movie project, which is the most exciting thing for sure, um, based upon one of those Stephen King short stories. Um, but, yeah, he does have the final show for Netflix, which has already been done and ready to go, and we now know when we will get to see this. Um So this is, of course, the fall of the House of Usher. Um, And no surprise that this will launch on Netflix on the 12th of October. Um, So very much keeping in line with all of the Flanagan stuff on Netflix. Uh, This is a um, a different one to the rest where you obviously have um midnight mass and haunton of hill house where he directed every episode you then had um blind manor which he did two episodes and midnight club which he did one episode um hmm. this one is split 50 50 so he's done half and um another guy has done half so it's hard to compare that because he's not done this strategy before you yeah, know we're getting, crazy. We're getting, yeah we're getting half like because like, i always think it's like How do we judge this? You know, like, is it, Mm. is it a full thing? Because what he's delivered when he's, you know, directed every episode is unbelievable. And it's so different. I liked Bly Manor. I didn't watch uh, Midnight Club, Um, but it's just not even in the same conversation as those other two shows. One of the shows,
1: like someone you're such a fan of and you've not seen one of his shows because he
0: isn't, you know, it's the one he directed the least yeah he dreaded the least i didn't like the trailers everyone who watched it including yourself didn't really like it so it, it that did nothing for me um but i am excited for this because what they were talking about with this okay. being this kind of hyper violent show him kind of being less restrained and we said at the time it's exciting but it's also not what we want from Flanagan like we love the long drawn out emotional stuff I think that's why I sign up for anything with his name on it Um, but I do think the peak of that was Midnight Mass um, in terms of these just long drawn out one take emotional sequences I I feel like he's delivered the best version of that he's ever going to get in TV form and it's why I said at the time I want him because I don't think we've seen the best Flanagan movie Yet, um, but I just can't think of a world where he could top Midnight Mass. So I'm excited that yes, he's doing TV, but it's it's supposedly something very different. It's it's very just delivering on gore, delivering on violence and action, and I think that's going to be very cool. um So yeah, yeah I don't believe it for this. <laughs> Do you not? <laughs> Do you think that's no, all just like, service?
1: No, I I think I think it will be violent and gory, but I still mm. think we're going to get what you're talking about. I don't think he will just change his spots to. Mm. to make something that's just that i think it will just be more of that but i i still feel like there'll be you know a 45 minute scene where they just <laughs> chat uh you know mark hammer and rahul just have a little little heart to heart or at least that's what i'm hoping for
0: yeah, it'll be fascinating to see if it isn't that because yeah, this has the entire you know all the returning cast members of all of those TV shows. That the, are like say, I, of Flanagan. Yeah, like it's really the who's who. Like it's everyone for this one, which I think proves that this is kind of the next almost proper Flanagan show. Because I know Midnight Club had what a couple of returning faces, yeah. um but this one has everyone. So you know, from from Midnight Mass and, and obviously Hill House. So um, yeah, I'm really excited for this. This is going to be a great watch, and uh, yeah, I'm sure. We'll will be doing an entire episode on this because it's uh you know it's flanagan's farewell on netflix and i think at that point it'll be great to look oh, back God. and be like look at these films and tv shows that he contributed as part of this partnership and it's really astonishing um what they were able to achieve and i think that there's going to be a lot of pressure on this on this amazon you know collab because he's he's delivered more often than he hasn't for netflix it's been it was such a perfect match i think like even with this release date they always put it around around halloween as well like they never fucked him around and it just shut no. it out in april and didn't talk about it i think netflix always put the netflix marketing powerhouse behind flanagan and made him their go-to thing at halloween which i always thought was a massive you know credit to them for that um but Definitely. yeah we shall see i'm very very looking forward to that one um but uh, yeah, shall we talk about this week's film? Let's do it. Let's finally talk about Bo is Afraid. yeah i feel like this one really doesn't need too much of an introduction um it's certainly not like some of these movies we cover where we're like have we talked about this haven't we um we've covered every (laughs) single thing about this movie from from
1: the movie itself
0: yeah exactly but like from the from the second this was just a a genesis of an idea in in the brain of an absolute madman um and it just had a title called "Bo's afraid and it was Mm. like okay We're not sure if he's doing a horror. Um, Very early on, it was talks about him not doing a horror, but it was described as a sort of nightmare comedy, Um, which which that that has stuck to me like them. Them calling it that probably four years ago was still in my brain when I watched this. And I still think it's probably the perfect way to describe what this film is. It definitely is. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) um but then yeah joaquin phoenix obviously getting attached to this this being like his next big movie after winning um the oscar for best actor for joker like it felt like a perfect storm and it felt like he was just making something that he wanted to make like he really was one of these directors that had the world at his feet after these two huge uh, you know indie successes um For A24, again, we've been talking a lot about them recently, Um, but this is another movie by them, of course, Uh, and I'm glad that he stuck by them because, you know, he could have got big offers from big production companies, Um, and I think they've kind of went against what they would typically do as a production company um, to kind of deliver for Ari and be like yeah we we want to still be part of this but they're not going to make a five million dollar movie you know this is a big budget 35 million dollar joaquin phoenix is the lead role yeah, in a it's three expensive. hour yeah in a three hour film like that's oh, this is very, very yeah this is very on a24 um where i think they went big and they and they bet on ari for this one um obviously we can get into our thoughts but in terms of the box office because this obviously came out in april It, it wasn't a success you know that that banking on on all of those things that we just uh, discussed didn't pay out and this this was unfortunately a, a definitely a box office bomb um because it only made 11 million and i think even when you contribute like this had a fairly sizable market in arm i think they did it did it right like people knew this was coming out mm. um and they and they put it in front of people i think it's just a lot of people's reactions was like what <laughs> yeah. and, and i don't blame people either like we <laughs> saw the trailer um and we were about as well prepared as you could be. You know, we'd heard that it being this nightmare comedy, this weird three-hour epic with Joaquin Phoenix telling different, you know, times in his life and all that. And we still watched the trailer and was like, "What the hell is this?" Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I think I don't think any trailer could even possibly capture the energy of this film. Like I was, I still I, felt I, I unprepared.
1: Don't, I don't think watching it for three hours. Does. No. Do you know what I mean? If the, if the trailer was it was three hours long and was the movie, I still would go. Don't know if I want to see that or not. I don't know what that is. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and, and so I think weird. I think that's the hardest thing. Like this, this um feels counterproductive to everything that that Hollywood and and people that want to make movies to make money do, does. Yeah. Where you get the opportunity <laughs> to get the big budget and a huge actor, and you could sh- and you just do the most batshit crazy thing ever yeah I, and and like i love and respect it so much that you kind of it's almost like he knew he wouldn't get this opportunity again so he's like do i try to go huge you know or do i just fucking seize the day mm. and like you know i don't feel like it's you know um when we saw like last night in soho and we were like how are people not seeing this and mm. talking about this movie and how is this not doing bigger like I'm not saying like this movie shouldn't be seen, but it doesn't surprise me that it's not like this hugely box office successful thing, because I I genuinely don't think that's what it's designed for. It's a huge budget movie that was designed for the, this very crazy indie idea, um, which, which almost should never be made today. But you know, he, 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 he took the opportunity and that's what I love
0: yeah like everything about this is is not trying to make money and not trying to be successful like you say it is about making as many left field choices as possible um and not thinking about any of that stuff um really just thinking about what do i want to do um and and we can kind of get into that you know what does that mean When, when you when you're making your third movie you've made two incredibly successful horror films That are, you know, almost genre defined. And like, I think when people look back on this incredible era of horror, like, it's going to be impossible to have that conversation without talking about both Hereditary and Midsummer. Um, The the impact they've had, And, and especially in such a golden era for horror, and especially horror doing absolute madness at the box office um means that it's almost like a like i think right now being a filmmaker who's making horror is like the best time because before you would be the kind of the skid mark of hollywood and you'd be like yeah "Yeah, even if you wanted to make a horror film if you were talented everyone in, in a suit with money would be telling you to not make a horror film um Whereas I think, like what we 're doing to discuss in companies like a twenty four they would be more than happy for Ari Aster to continue to make a you know in the region of five to ten million dollar horror film every two oh. to three years. And I'm sure that would have been the dream for them. But instead, he you know, and those those were back to back years as well. That's like another thing, is it Hereditary came out yeah. and within a year he'd made Midsummer. I remember he yeah, talked about um Hereditary, like he they basically had the prem the world premiere for Hereditary, and then that weekend he was off shoot in Midsummer. So he didn't even really get to enjoy the success of his like breakout film because he was just already off grind in the next one. Um and so for obviously for this to be like a four year gap and obviously not being a straight horror film either like he's just made so many choices that seem like not bad ones but they're clearly he's just doing whatever the hell he wants and i think we can both agree that we massively respect that and it's something that i wish all creators could do is not think about the realities of of their decision making but like ultimately every filmmaker can't do this because Yeah, we're talking about it now almost somewhat in hindsight, and the movie hasn't done well. And and who knows, maybe this, obviously, I'm sure, that. I mean, the conversation would be different if this would have made $100 million. But the fact is, the chances of this making $100 million was so unbelievably low. And Mm -hmm. I feel like it probably did about as good as it was ever going to do. And everyone involved probably knew that. So from there perspective i don't think this is like a miss it's just like this piece of art exists now for there for people to consume it and we'll just have to wait and see i think i think the big question is now like what does ari do next does he wait yeah, another four that's years that's the yeah to do something this radical or does he do something perhaps that you'd expect um but maybe that's you know a conversation that we have at the end but i do think that's just it's i'm so fascinated <laughs> not necessarily by this movie but by everything of surrounding this movie Like, just the idea of this existing, and obviously having now seen it now, I think it is so unbelievably insane that this movie exists on every single level. Like, I still can't believe what this film actually is. Where I'm like, you know, I was watching this at home, and I just can't even fathom watching this in the cinema. Like, Like it's just so crazy, and there's so many unbelievable scenes where I'm like, God, people actually went... With their popcorn and their drinks, potentially on a Saturday night, potentially with, the, with their other half, you know, just wanting a bit of light, frothy entertainment, and this is the film that they got. Like that's just well, crazy the, to me. The
1: thing that I love as well is, you know, most of the time when we go into the cinema, we know the runtime mm. of the movie we're going to watch. Yeah. But I, that's not the normal person.
0: Yeah, that's funny. Is it? They... That's the last thing we always say, isn't it? In the cinema, yeah. we always check the runtime. But yeah, you're like, right. That's not the norm.
1: Check... No, so you think like. People have gone to this this movie. They've gone to like an eight nine o'clock screening.
0: We'll watch watch it at twelve,
1: you know. And then and then cut to them like two hours and forty five minutes, and they get get to the attic, and and they're like they're like, what is going on? Like this is my first date. Like you know, and and I think you know it is it is funny because I think Hereditary never. Like it, it, it did what it said on the, the you know, on the can. It, it, mm. it said what it, you know, it, it didn't ever lie about what it was, and it delivered on that. I think Midsummer, we we spoke about how that had a a very strange marketing where it was like Florence all looking like the summer princess, and it looked like this could be like not a horror movie. You know, all, all of the all of the advertising to me, the promotional images didn't look like a horror movie. And I think that tricked people in. And then and this one is just like, well, th- there is there is no way to categorically tell you what
0: this is. <laughs> yeah. So like, just good from luck. The title to the posters to eat. Like, say, even if you went, oh, watch the trailer. I feel like you can't you can't oh, gauge what this yeah. film is in the slightest I'm from anything. I'm honestly
1: just delaying trying to synopsize it. That's, <laughs> that's all I'm trying to do right now, because I'm like, I don't fucking know. Like, how long you got? Mm. (laughs) but apparently three hours (laughs) yeah but i don't think that's enough time if you gave me three hours to synopsize it i don't think i could i still don't know yeah but but yeah i mean i guess to try to talk about what this movie is (laughs) about obviously um you know it centers around Bo, uh played by joaquin phoenix kind of him we see him throughout his you know whole life in a series of kind of flashbacks and possibly flash forwards who the hell knows <laughs> um but effectively he we we meet, we join sideways. him flash sideways yeah <laughs> as a as a kind of really anxiety ridden kind of middle-aged man who is in therapy trying to deal with you know we we, we find out front the movie really kind of this overbearing mother and what this impact that she's had on him but um shortly after we're introduced to him via this kind of therapy scene, he kind of, we see the, this whole movie is through Bo's eyes. So, uh, you know, I would say from the the very beginning of the movie, we effectively get Bo being born into this world. Mm -hmm. And I think as soon as we get beyond that scene, you could almost argue that nothing in this movie then you could take for, for, for real. Mm. every single minute of this movie could be Bo's entire imagination none of it could which i think is incredibly unlikely or anywhere in between
0: yeah and
1: and i think that is the, the the entire point of this movie is we are seeing it through a troubled man's eyes and and what the world is and how he is interpreting the, the scenarios that put in front of him and we have to decide how much of this we believe or not um and and you know it it's a you know once we actually strip this back and actually talk about what what this movie is about you know it really does talk a lot about kind of mental health and and what it can actually do to to an individual and how it can warp reality. You know this isn't a man that's on you know drugs on a trip or or anything like that. This is just you know his his upbringing and his mental health kind of come into this crisis really. um Where he sees the world in this kind of, you know, we see him coming back to his apartment and it's a, it it was when it first threw me because I think the whole therapy scene at the start of the movie is, you know, played reasonably normal. And then he's just like walking home and there's just like a dead body in the Mm -hmm. street. And then he like locks eyes with this homeless person. And they end up having this mad race where the homeless person is chasing after him and Bo just makes it into his apartment building and slams the door shut. Mm. And, and he, then he carries on walking. Like, that's just every day. Like, every day I have this race. Yeah. And this bloke is just trying to kill me every day. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And it took me a long while to realize that, like, yeah, just everything is messed up where Bo then has been given um, some tablets and has been told, you must always drink these with water. You must, must, must drink them with water. And he takes a tablet, goes to grab his bottle of water, and lo and behold, it's empty. And the taps don't work in his house. And he looks outside, and it's kind of like chaos. And and there's there's people stabbing each other and fighting and murdering and doing all manner of stuff. And, uh, and across the street is the convenience store with a load of bottled water. And he has to kind of fight his anxiety to, to to stay inside, to go out there and have this drink that he thinks he needs for this tablet. And kind of just that in itself kind of describes what the whole point of this movie is. is it's Bo's interpretation of the world and the hurdles that have been put in front of him. Mm. Um, and, and ultimately kind of, you know, a, a little way into the movie, Bo gets a phone call, a very strange phone call, like anything with this movie where he finds out that his mother has, has died and he basically embarks on a journey to get home, uh, to, to get home to to help kind of bury his mother and, and you know, come to terms with her death or mm. semen death. Because, you know, I think it's just kind of, I learned very early to just take, like, n- everything with a pinch of salt that I'm being told and seen, yeah. you know, he you know bo gets hit by a car and the next minute he wakes up in a hospital or in a in a in a teenage girl's room and he's got this uh woman who says she's hit him who's married to a doctor and they're now caring for him and i'm like okay what's happening here and Mm -hmm. the whole movie just is doing this the whole time and it's it's intentionally trying to distort you and, and make you feel confused um and I have to say that that I would you know ninety five if not higher percent of movies like this I don't I think I'd have to turn off because mm. I I wouldn't be able to handle it it would just piss me off too much but there was something just you know engaging with with this and and whether it and I think it is you know not necessarily the movie itself you know you touched upon it already that that it's not probably the movie but it was more like Going on this journey whilst being a, aware of the journey we've already been on with Ari, and and kind of knowing that you need to watch this to then get ready for what's going to come next, mm. and it's an it's a weird experience, you know. We've we've had this with, um, you know, the, the the few filmmakers that have become prevalent whilst uh, we're doing the podcast. You know, Jordan and Ari being kind of you know the, the two main ones, Flanagan in the TV world, and I think kind of with with jordan i think it's like yeah you know i can easily see him doing something that's just going to be like a comedy or something that's so adjacent from the genre and and i think we've said like with ari it always feels like he's gonna do something that is at least batshit crazy you know and and i think like that um that that's why you know that you've got to kind of keep involved with it i think it's the same with like robert eggers i think that's Mm. what we said with him that like with Eggers. He may not always do something that we love, you know, and it, it may not be, like, land with us like the Northmen. I could easily see him doing a movie that just I find boring and mundane and I don't want to watch because it's just he's gone just to, to a place that I, I'm not interested in. But I, I will always respect and want to watch what he does, and I think that's the same with Ari, where I just know that it's going to be batshit and I, I need to
0: just absorb what that is, and, and, and that certainly was what this movie was. Yeah, definitely. I think, like, for me, that's already happened with Robert because I, you know, The Witch is that movie to me mm. of, like, I do massively respect it. Um, and I get why everyone loves it, but I've tried to rewatch it and I, I don't like that film and I wish I did because of how much I adore, obviously, mostly The Lighthouse and definitely The Northman mm-hmm. as well. So it is weird for me that it kind of happened in reverse in that case. Um, but yeah, this, this movie's just insane. Like, it's, you can't, Talk about this like a normal film. Um, you can't have a conversation about this like a normal film. And well, did you like it? And let's break the, it down critically. Yeah. Because I, I honestly don't think it exists in that same space. Like, its I don't think it's trying to be... Like, I really don't want to get so, like because I would never say this about hardly any films, but I genuinely don't yeah. think this is trying to be entertainment or anything. Like, you really do just have to view this like a piece of art. And, like, I fucking hate that in, in general, because yeah. I think it's just, like, taken away from what, you know... My mo- my favourite movie of this year is Mission Impossible, because it was the movie that entertained me the most. Um, yeah. So that's where I come from, watching most films. But I think this is... You have to judge it for what it is. And I think he was trying to make something that i've never seen a film like this truly like i can't remotely compare this to anything else um i can't necessarily say i liked it but i certainly didn't hate it either Mm -hmm. it just was an experience that it had some really cool moments it had some unbearably boring moments for me as well um certainly towards the end which i think did sour me because it was like it was up and down and up and down then it went really down at the end for me um and and i think that's kind of what killed it where like had this ended maybe 30 minutes earlier i would have probably been a lot more hot on it um because when we get to what the conclusion of this film is i just found it so unsatisfying you know but it is almost like an epilogue really because you know you already briefly mentioned the attic but it (laughs) feels like that was that was the end of the film and Mm. and it should have been the end of the film but it's not there's at least another 25 probably 30 minutes after that um because yeah this movie is a mammoth you know like it's the runtime is just crazy you know like i get it we're the people that talk about that the most but i feel like watching it right now is a good time to talk about this because not only did we discuss god is a bullet which was two and a half hours long that we really liked but then yeah seeing mission impossible seeing oppenheimer which is three hours um Mm. again like right now yeah like i get that they're all different genres and stuff but i think ultimately that's not important because we're not even typically talking about this like a traditional horror film we're just talking about films here and like the runtimes of those really long films we just discussed those three were all fantastic and it didn't matter so like i think i'm in a good place right now to watch a long film and not care about the runtime um whereas i think this one is it is just egregious um where it's you you realize early on that it's just going to be one of those films where the scenes are just going to go on for too long like we we go from place to place and the transitions between places take so long um you know the, the transition from when he wakes up in that in the in the girl's bedroom and that kind oh of God, sequence yeah. of the film yeah. to then getting to when he's like wandering around the woods. There's just, like, such a huge transitional period where, like, almost nothing happens, um, you know, once the you get the finale of that part, which is great. And I think that's why it's a shame, because, yeah, going back to the start and going over, like, what you discussed, um, I, re- I loved everything in the apartment. That, that, that was what worked so well for me. And I think if this was just... Yeah. Bo, Bo as an individual struggles with everything... It's a surrealist movie, so everything's crazy heightened. And it's just, watch Bo try and do the most simplest tasks that we in our everyday would do and and don't think twice about. But for him, it is these epic, cinematic journeys like the the water is such a good oh, I love s- that, example yeah. of it you know he like you say he you hear that scene early on you have to take it with water and you think to yourself like why is that going to be important and it's just such a simple bit and then you, you like say so you've already set up the absolute chaos that is outside, you know, let alone the things that you mentioned, but there's just, there's like a million things going on outside, that are all as chaotic as the other one Um, you know, it felt like almost post-apocalyptic just how (laughs) clearly unrealistic, like there isn't a single place in America that is actually like this Um, it's not a real place, (laughs) no, it's, it's just crazy, and like, and so I think I got it straight away from these early apartment scenes, where I was like, oh, I get the surrealist part of it now that it is, like you say, it's Bo's interpretation of of things in life, which sure he might live on a shit street and he might occasionally have someone chase after him, but it's not going to be as intense as what we saw in those scenes. Mm. And so him having this like little side quest to get water, and him like leaving the phone book, and you know that's going to be an issue. And then like him paying and him constantly looking over his shoulder and seeing all of these people just funnel into his apartment, and then him not having the right money and it's so I loved that where I was like, oh like I was feeling the anxiety, like my palms Ooh. were getting sweaty where I was like, Oh, that's what this film's gonna be about. It's about showing extreme anxiety in these really simple scenarios. Um, which I thought was great. Even like when we first go to the apartment and there's the little poster about the spider Yeah, and I was like, and then, and obviously, yeah. The second he opens the apartment, you see the spider on the ground, and it just you know scampers under the couch, under the sofa, and I'm like, great. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, I love that because again, it's just anxiety-inducing, and I feel like that's what that most of this film was trying to be, and that's what worked so well, was I felt that tension, anxiety, and sick in my stomach for Bo, where I was just like, man, I just want him to be normal for him, I just want him to be able to have some water, like, is that genuinely how low the bar is, and he can't get these simple things, so I think all, oh, oh and my favourite part of the movie, by far, was the note sequence, it was so fantastic, where these, like, random notes, are being fired under Bo's door yeah. at night, where they complained about him listening to music. Oh but there's just no sound and then it's like the next note says wait you turned it up when I told you to turn it down like I loved that one but then when it slid and it flew perfectly to right next to Bo's bed so he didn't even have to get up I was like oh this is where the surrealist stuff makes perfect sense because like of course that couldn't happen but just visually in the movie it looks so good because we'd already seen Bo get up multiple times so that time he could just glance and see the note so like man this movie was really working for me like that first 40 minutes it was really firing i think it's up until he gets hit by the car mm. and then we transition into act 2 again i'm still on board at this point but i realized the movie was going to be a lot bigger um, and deal with a lot more you know you, that's when you get into what you know when he kind of takes the drugs and we get like the flashback sequence and stuff like that's when you're really kind of extrapolating and you're going into the actual issues with his mother and what this film's like really about and Yeah, I just, I missed the smaller scope of early on, where, like, I get that. That's not what this film's trying to be. This is massive in scope. You know, this is clearly, like, Ari's dream film, and it just has so many crazy sequences that fold into one another, and the way they transition, like, it really is just a a crazy mind map of an experience that... Again, whilst isn't to me as enjoyable as a lot of others, but I do put it up there with something like seeing her. When you see a Christopher Nolan movie or even a Quentin Tarantino movie, it's like you know that that's the only person that could have made that film because mm-hmm. of the short choices and, and and everything. It's just it has such a crazy craft to it, and whilst this isn't anywhere near the quality of those directors for me certainly for my own personal enjoyment it still had that feeling of like you're watching a incredibly creative person pull this off and even though i wish this was listen if this was a 90 minute film about bow struggles in his apartment it would have been one of my favorite movies of the year like yeah. it was so good but it but it's not that and so you then have to judge what it is and um it's just this crazy you know thing we'll get into kind of the rest of the movie but yeah i want to i want to hear your overall thoughts even if you can give them because like i say i don't i don't think you can talk about this in like a traditional movie sense where like even now i've discussed it i sound really positive because i've talked about like my favorite part mostly (laughs) which is only 40 minutes of a three-hour movie um and like i say i don't hate it either it's just it's hard for me to even process what i think about this film um but what what did you think about it
1: yeah, I mean, I'm definitely with you in the fact that the apartment stuff was great. And it really, I thought it was going to be a movie that was, it was almost making me feel like I was becoming Bo and getting this anxiousness and like, ang- mm. you know, just anxiety over everything. And just like his phone rings. And I'm like, oh, fuck, what's that going to be? <laughs> yeah. And like, it's just, just everything. And, and it had done such a good job to get me into that mindset and where like I knew everything I was seeing wasn't real, but I kind of understood the world I was in because I understood I was in Bo's head and I, and I knew that like he was troubled and kind of when he, you know, even to the point that it like, (laughs) you know, he, he, he has these people that take over his apartment. He eventually gets his apartment back and takes a bath and (laughs) then just like (laughs) looks up and I'm just like, all of that, I was like, I, 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 don't know why there's a giant man that's like playing Spider Man on the ceiling of your bathroom, <laughs> but it, but it, it still made sense. Do you know what I mean? In in this kind of world,
0: mm. and
1: I don't know why, but yeah, after he got hit by the car, it just I, I lost all concept of of the the rules and where I was at, and and I had to quickly readjust, and and I didn't I didn't adjust as quickly as I wanted to, and that I had to kind of just accept. But yeah, that isn't the movie, and it is just this, like you said, bigger scope, but just less what I wanted. And and it, you know, there were multiple scenes where, you know, the the theatre production one in particular, where it just kind of like, I was like, man, you've you've gone to a whole other plane at this point. Where I'm like, I'm I'm not sure whether I'm there with you, and just like this, you know, I I felt like they were they were throwing you know, so many themes and so many messages at you at that point, you know, we've got the kind of the overbearing mother, the kind of the story that she tells about his conception and what happened to his dad to kind of give him this fear of women, this kind of, this love interest from an early age that, you know, has got to come back at some point with that note that's left with, you know, with the kind of, you know, all of this stuff. And then the fact that he's being like, terrorized by this ex army vet that wants to kill him that's like just just armed to the teeth with all this stuff that's like the, the the threat throughout the second half of the movie and just all of these things where i was like man i just like it's so chaotic that it's hurting my brain and i had to stop thinking about it really and just let let the chaos unfold mm. and i'm i'm glad i did because yeah when we get to kind of the final act of him being at home there are just so many parts of that where it, it gets crazy and crazy and crazier, you know, from, from the point of him arriving, you know, at his, post his mum's wake to kind of come to terms with, with that and missing that to kind of the guest arriving to, to everything that transpires with that and so on and so forth until we get to the attic. It just, it it really did get more and more crazy. And, and, and it was when I was like, well, it can't get really any more crazy than what it does. And then, and then it, then it did what it did. And, and I'm, I'm with you that like, I think that should have. And I, th- I think the movie needed to end abruptly there, um, you know, either with kind of, you know, Bo, you know, killing himself, killing someone, you know, whatever it was to, to end. Because I think when we get this kind of, you know, and I can see what it's doing, and the, the the you know what it's trying to symbolize in particular when he's taken the boat into the cave. You know, it's very mm. in your face, but it's just uh, I felt that whole trial and kind of the the way that it slowly ended. Just it 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 really did lose me, and it did feel anticlimactic, and and yeah, I think pro- yeah, probably how I just, dis- cause it's, it's just so hard to describe how you think about this movie. Cause I almost feel like I've watched a, a series of TV.
0: Yeah. You know,
1: I, mean, I spoke About it earlier when you, when we were saying about how to, you know, can't imagine watching this in a cinema. I, I cannot imagine, I cannot fathom watching this movie in one go. Yeah.
0: Like, I, I,
1: I can't, <laughs> like there's, there's, there was no way I was watching this in one go. Like I tried to give a good chunk of it, but there was just, there are so many chapter points that feel like an end of a TV episode where I'm like, oh, Okay. He, he's been hit by the car. I feel like that's end of episode one, you know. And then it's like, yeah. you know, it, it's probably like a four or five part mini series, is what I yeah, feel like. It I've definitely watched. is. Um, and and yeah, um, and and yeah. For me, I kind of yeah loved the, the the first part. You know, I loved all of the stuff with him in the apartment. I think kind of the the stuff with him with the the the, the doctor and, and him like being stitched up and all of that stuff was kind of slow and was all right in the end i think the the stuff with the play and all of that kind of lost me i liked the flashbacks and then i liked the finale at his mum's house but then it really you know probably the bit i liked least was the finale you know the actual final scenes of the movie so kind of you know combine all of those scenes together and all of those thoughts i'm like yeah i don't i didn't dislike this movie but but certainly, like, I find it hard to talk about. I find it hard to recommend to, to, to anyone. You know, I, I, don't, I don't know an individual that I would meet or, or, or a listener that I would say, you know, yeah, hey, yeah, go watch Poe's Afraid. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, and, and even in like, you know, your most psychotic of recommendations that you give to strangers and recommended <laughs> martyrs, there's at least like a rationale behind that yeah whereas with this i'm just like you know what what would i even be trying to say to that person to like recommend it to them i also think like say if
0: this if this is a movie that fully lands for you that is mm. a 10 out of 10 it's still hard to recommend because of Mm. what it is whereas i think for us we are just so torn on a lot of this that it ultimately the only way this was ever going to be like a strong recommendation was if is if this ended up being like our number one film of the year because it's so weird. It's not like anything else. So You can't even gauge. It'd be so hard to find out what someone's tastes are to then be like, do you know what? I reckon Bo is Afraid would be the one that you would really like because it really does meld so many different genres together. I think with... um on wikipedia it's described as a surrealist tragic comedy horror film which is a very good description i agree with it and i do think it's in that order like i think surrealist is absolutely the main thing going on here where i think right off the bat and i think typically we're not that type of person either which probably speaks about how much we actually did enjoy most of this film is that you know we like things to be grounded and matter and i think when like say you know you rightly said it, you really do get to a point where you go well did any of this really happen and we've always said like typically when that's the case that's not something we enjoy you yeah, know i, I certainly I don't it. like that yeah like it really does annoy me where i'm like okay well if nothing matters what is the point of any of this and for me that's why i think the ending sucks because the way the ending happened where i was like was that the end or <laughs> or, or, or is it not the end? The beginning? like i yeah, like I really don't know. So I think that's why I really didn't like the ending of this one. And that was one of the main surrealist parts that didn't work because, um, you know, well, I'll, I'll come back to that but yeah with the with the tragic comedy, I definitely think that is again, a great description of this of like it is funny, um, but it is a lot of it's this it's the exact same sense of humor that midsummer had um in particular those those sex scenes towards the end of midsummer where it was like this is played for laughs and it it made me laugh it got laughs in the audience when we saw midsummer because you're seeing something so horrific and so out of left field and when you actually like said out loud what you're seeing it's really messed up and it's not a laughing matter at all but the way ari presents it in that movie it is hilarious um and I feel like that is the exact that was always what I thought. When I when I heard Nightmare Comedy years ago, I always thought about that scene in Midsummer where I was like, oh, it's gonna be that. And I think it did end up being that for a lot of cases where you're laughing at things that you probably shouldn't laugh at. Like I think yeah. one of the best ways this movie got me was in that second act, in the transition when he's kind of waking up and this this family's almost adopted him. Is mm-hmm. like he walks outside and the camera just slowly pans. And it's just a guy just standing there, yeah. just in the guard, and I like I it killed me yeah. just how like did, unbelievable. Like it was so weird, and I was just like, What like, why is this guy here? Like it proper killed me, and it was so clearly meant for that. but then again, I think the intention of Ari was so right here because he then explains who this character is and why he is the way he is, which is so sympathetic, and you you're then feeling bad that you laughed at this individual, and I think that again was purely the intent, and I think so it's those moments where this movie works so well um but I do think it becomes less funny as we get on because i definitely think the apartment all those jokes with the notes with the water with the spider with the with the spider man like all of that stuff worked um and but then like you say when you get to like the theater bit which i'll get to but like i don't i don't think any of that's really played for laughs in my opinion um it just becomes like a, a weird twisted drama at this point yeah exactly which um is interesting, but yeah, I think with the, with the second part, with like the adopted family, I- I'm totally with you, where it was such a huge shift where i was like wait what's going on and what and why are these people taking him in so i took at least a good 10 or 15 minutes to adapt to it um the good thing is the movie doesn't move fast so it gives you that time to adapt in every (laughs) single shift for an hour exactly like that always happens with every shift like you you never have to lose you know worried about losing track of where you are because you'll always be grounded for a while um but then i did give it the time where i was like okay i want to know what's going on here okay this teenage daughter is like really messed up what's going to happen with her and then the mum character was what really intrigued me because she kind of has the moment where she um like writes a secret note on his like under his drink um and you're like oh what's going on like she knows something about Bo or something and then she gives him the tv remote and tells him what channel to put on which which is a really weird scene the way that unfolds like (laughs) i'd almost forgot how utterly preposterous that is um yeah with this whole like rewind fast forward mechanic but um (laughs) But then the way that ended, when he then leaves the family and the mum is just like, no, fuck him, kill him, Like that was super disappointing. So that, that to me, was the first disappointment of the film. Because up until that point, I'd loved the apartment stuff, I wasn't on board with the shift, but I'd given it the benefit of the doubt. But then the fact that he then just left that family, and to me that felt so unsatisfying um you know the fact that the kind of the guy that was there just became like say the tool he just became random antagonist for the rest of the film and then those other three members of that family basically meant nothing yeah, i was you just like yeah you know, i was like that was that was annoying so that was disappointed to me then when we transition into the theater stuff It was like, oh, I don't care now. So like, when he when it's like the pregnant woman who he's kind of befriends, and he starts having this friendship with her, and he gives him gives her like the ornament that he bought for his mum and stuff. Like, I just didn't care at that point. I think she to me was the most pointless character in the whole film. Yeah, yeah. And I don't even know if that's just because I was done at that point in terms of getting attached to other characters that weren't Bo. But I was just like, nah, because you're just gonna be gone in thirty minutes. So I just didn't care. So that was when it was like that's when they start to burn you knowing that you're just going to move from place to place. And also knowing that clearly there's a final destination. Like there's this big showdown at his mum's, you know, wake and you know, you're getting to that place. So getting to the third different place that wasn't that place, I was just like, nah, we need to We need to wrap this up. And it was a shame because when we got to the actual theater and what transpires there with kind of Bo, this is when we're, when I think we're at our most kind of bows in his own head. <laughs> yeah. And we're kind of seeing because he's basically picturing himself as the protagonist of the story but i really liked that the way that transpired and visually it was awesome like this part fully just felt like a video game where you can just break all the rules and just have 50 different art styles in one you know it's one of my favorite things about video games like that where you can just go 2d 3d and here's a shell cell shaded and here's this super realistic style and i love doing when games do stuff like that and that's you know you don't see that in movies too often for good reason because it makes no goddamn sense at all but luckily ari doesn't um confine himself to these normal rules of filmmaking so he just put everything in there and i and i did like those sequences um but then, yeah, then getting to the actual house, it was like, okay, now the movie feels like it's almost starting now. <laughs> of like, oh, here's the story part. Now we're getting the childhood friend resolution. We're getting the mum payoff. We're getting all the answers to Bo's backstory as to why he is who he is. And it's like, man, we're t- we're two hours in at this point, and we're only just now getting the actual bulk of the story. Um which again is what I would say if I was judging this like a, 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 a normal film, <laughs> but I feel like I can't because <laughs> it's just impossible. It's, it's um, weird
1: though, isn't it, that we're giving it
0: like, I feel like mm,
1: at times we're giving good, it a good.
0: Yeah, I, I like, agree. But I do think ultimately we both did en- enjoy it more than we didn't. Yeah, uh, true, true.
1: But I, then I just feel like there are some things that were just like, piss me off so much like i said yeah. almost anything that i would ever watch and i'm just like oh eh, well you know it's just bowing it like i just yeah. don't, I don't know what it is and that's why i think mm. it's important to pinpoint it but that like well not to, to to more state that i can't pinpoint it that i don't know yeah. why i feel like i can give this a pass i don't know whether it is
0: i don't like, even know if when... i am i feel like i am because i do yeah. like it but i'm also saying I think fairly clearly that like this, this movie There's does negative. have so many, yeah, like it does yeah. have so many issues. And, but the thing is, I feel like all of those issues are like clearly intentional. That's what's yeah. weird is, exactly. you know, you're not talking about this. We're going, oh, well, here's where Ari thought he was doing one thing, but he ended up doing another. I didn't feel that once. Like the, was... the
1: thing about it, the thing about it is, is that I will watch, I've watched movies that I've liked a lot more this year. that i will not think about ever again like i I watched it i really liked it and i won't think about it i have thought about this movie a lot since finishing it Mm. but then but then likewise i will see a lot of movies that i like less than this that i'll watch again i will never watch this movie again like never i like it's. it's just it's far too long it's just too crazy and and so like i just feel that like you know, push and pull is also just uniquely Bo is afraid. Yeah. Like, like, like how, what movie would you even like put this into comparison with that we've
0: done for the show? Yeah, there, there really isn't anything. I think mm. what you just said is so true because I think a movie like Sick that we saw earlier this year mm. is so much more enjoyable and entertaining, first and foremost, definitely as a horror mm. film as well. But it was also just like we both just saw it. It was a really fun slasher and we had a good time. and We'd probably both go, yeah, I'd watch that again in the future because it'd be fun. Um, whereas it was pretty forgettable because it doesn't have anything kind of crazy about it. Whereas this is so... It's such an unbelievable experience that i will put it in the same bracket even though i enjoyed the other movies so much more like the best that i've seen this year you know we discussed about a month ago talking about the state of film this year and how Mm. like it wasn't a memorable year but like even in the last month now i would put this up there with stuff like mission impossible and oppenheimer where i'd be like oh those are the movies that i'll remember i saw in 2023 um even though I clearly didn't enjoy this as much as those two. <laughs> yeah.
1: Strange, isn't it? But like, yeah, it
0: is. It, it, it's very weird.
1: Yeah. I think, I think that's just like my overall thoughts on it. And like, especially cause I think like someone that's listening to this wanting to know whether they should watch Bo afraid or not. Like, I think, I think the answer is you've got to decide for yourself. Like mm-hmm. I, I think this is the first time I'm going to like abscond from, from giving a recommendation when I'm like, I I don't think I can give a recommendation on this movie one way or another because I've never met a human being that I would recommend this movie to. Um, But I also, you know, I had a, I had a weird time watching it. And so, you know, there are people that are, like you say, people are going to think this is a masterpiece and there are people that are going to think it's, utter garbage and i think both (laughs) are valid for that human Mm. being that watched it and i feel like i'm sat somewhere in the middle (laughs) and yeah so it's just it was it was a truly weird experience i think that's that's my final thought on it is that you know it just it 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 was it was just i never knew what was going to happen and whenever i thought things were going to happen i think like even seems like the whole um I don't want to. I don't want to like spoil too much, but the whole visitor, like uh, when he when he's r- arrives home post the week, mm. that arrives at the house and how that transpires to the to the the um the conclusion, <laughs> um like I was not expecting that. No, <laughs> and when that like when that happened, and I realized it had gone the other way, like I was like so shocked by it, and like. Mm genuinely freaked out like i was as freaked mm. out as well in that moment um by what had just happened and the way they were like frozen like that and and it was just you know it's it's images like that and let alone images like what was in the attic that are gonna like stick with me in a in a true horror like fucked up movie sense and then there's mm. gonna be scenes like the you know the early apartment scenes that were this kind of Really enticing, captivating. You know, like I say, this this kind of being in the lens of someone that's clearly got you know the, these mental health issues and 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 understanding their struggle and and understanding that like you know we go to the doctors and they say to us, yeah, here's some tablets, take it with water all the time, and we're like, yeah, cool, whatever. And then you just neck them and don't even think about it, and you, and you never give it a second thought, and it, and it really is just a guidance. But he took it as like you're gonna you're gonna <laughs> fucking die if you don't like neck a bottle of water with these and like yeah the, the, those people absolutely exist and like and, and and absolutely have that issue and and it can be crippling you know to the point that what we saw with Bo and and yeah like that you know those opening scenes will really stick with me and and I think. I would prefer if the movie had been that throughout because that really landed, but you know, ultimately the, the, the madman that is Ariaster just took me on one of a journey that was beyond just that. And, yeah. And yeah, I, I came out the other side somehow.
0: <laughs> yeah. It really is one of those ones that you feel like, man, I survived, but I was afraid like I can, I can finally move on. Um, Cause yeah, I think those horror scenes are, crazy you know like those in particular like that bedroom scene that you mentioned i do think that is definitely one of the best scenes of the film and i think that that's when you get reminded like oh yeah that's the guy that made those two films because he's still he still got it in him you know he just chose to make something vastly different to those two films um but when he wants to bring it out he knows it almost better than anyone else um but yeah as, as far as this goes like this was almost exactly what i thought it would be in the sense of like, there's a reason why we were kind of putting it off, um, you know, for multiple of, of different reasons and like the runtime and stuff. But because I, I feel like ultimately it just wasn't what I wanted him to do. And even, you know, having come to terms with it over years, it was still just like seeing it was believing. And having now seen it, I'm like, yep, he made what I thought he, you know, wanted to make. And arguably he might be the only person in the world that wanted him to make this movie. Um, but he did it. And i'm i'm glad i've now witnessed that experience i it would i would be unbelievably devastated if ari chose to make something like this again um Mm -hmm. because i i i think you you're allowed one of these you know (laughs) like everyone can do one of these it's fine like i i'm not going to be that protective over your filmography that every movie you have to make is for your audience but you can't do this again. If if he says Bo is Afraid 2 is his next movie, he, he's done. Like you you, yeah. you gotta stop. Um you gotta keep that runtime under at least two hours, you know, uh, in the next one because it's just unfathomably yeah, you got, You got
1: you to make a movie.
0: <laughs> you yeah, know, you can't make a movie that people might actually want to see because th- this is just crazy. And I like I say I'm glad this exists. I think this is one of those movies that in years to come, and Joaquin has a few of these as well. In, yeah. his, in his career where it's like almost no one saw them at the time but in years later they'll be like wait what the hell is this he made a three hour movie and then it'll be like wait what, it's from the director of midsummer what the hell is this and and someone will just randomly watch it with no other you know kind of preconceptions and just be floored by it and just be well, like what is this experience because it really is an experience that i'm glad exists for people it's just so unlike anything else I <laughs> i don't know if i am glad it exists for people like
1: <laughs> i don't know but um that, that that is a good point that like we've spent this long talking about the movie and we've spent a lot of time talking about Ari but like mm-hmm. you know what about um joaquin phoenix like you know he mm-hmm. uh, we you know him in joker was arguably one of our favorite performances of that year and um you know, we know he's an incredible actor and seeing him in that role as Joker was amazing. And when he got cast in Bo, I was Afraid, you know, like post seeing this, you know, what, what did you make of his performance in this?
0: Really interesting. Like, I think the point she made about the mental health stuff is, I think, clearly why he wanted to do this, because... This is showing your chops as an actor. This is another one of those movies, similar where I talked about it, where my only kind of criticism of Times a Joker as a film was that it felt like it was just an awesome acting reel. And I feel like this typically There's gonna be so many sequences where you go, Oh, this is such an unbelievable portrayal of this character. You know, where it's not In a lot of ways, Joker is so cool and it's funny that he got adopted as this kind of cool character because I think his take on it was different to every other version of Joker that was seen, which is typically more of a cool character. You know, his was supposed to be a more realistic kind of mental health portrayal of that character. But I think this really is like a man, a guy, the the way he looks throughout this movie, the way he speaks, he has one of the most like timid voices you know and he he kind of stutters his way through sentences and it's so hard to even understand what he's saying at times and it's it's the most like unconventional lead character for a film i've probably ever seen let alone the lead character of a three hour movie where it's just like man it really you you do get tired of it at times where you almost feel like a parent where i'm like god damn it bo just sort yourself out and then you kind of catch yourself being like no it's not his fault like this is why and i don't know i think it just works like again it's i totally get again why why Ari made this and then the second point would be like i totally get why joaquin wanted to do this like I, I could just see his face reading the script and be like oh yeah this is a piece of me and he and he already knew like yeah no one's gonna see this but like i'm gonna fucking love doing this um so i think it worked for him what, what did you think of him
1: yeah like i think it was just such a a, a, a you know someone that's um you know with with joker it it is a different take on Joker, but it does it's still very much in your face. And I think with this, it was just like he just felt like a broken, damaged man. And and mm-hmm. such, like you say, I think it was his vocal performance more than anything. Like there were times where I, I wasn't even sure whether words were coming out of his mouth when he was talking because he was mm-hmm. that quiet and that timid. And I think um Yeah, like as I was getting a chunk through the movie I kind of became aware that like oh yeah like he's in this you know he is our lead and like it's an actor that I'm incredibly excited to see in this role and I'm not like I'm not being blown away by it like because it's not in my face and it's because it's this subtle crazy you know level performance that you're not used to seeing when you're trying to you know I, I I don't think you could put a particular scene um in a cv you know if he was putting together a video mm-hmm. clip to be like yeah. oh yeah here's my acting chops like what would he put from this movie in it but yeah. if he if he could say to like someone well if you got a spare three hours whack me <laughs> yeah be, like i'm fucking mental <laughs> and, yeah like they'd go yeah you you, you got chops, mate but like you couldn't you couldn't extract like a one minute segment and be like man what powerful performance that was you know it's just it is just that he Lost his mind through the entire three hours of this movie, therefore must have done that for the entirety of the shoot of this movie, which is a little bit terrifying.
0: I feel like this almost is the counter opposite of Joker, where <laughs> every scene he's in in Joker he's the lead character mm-hmm. he's what's driving every scene forward, whereas it's almost the opposite like Bo, this is a classic what we've talked about before, where this is a a character yeah, a main are. character of a film exactly where the, it's it's the characters doing stuff to him. You know, like typically, especially when he wakes up in in the second kind of act, like that's constantly that family is doing things to him. It's the teenage daughter doing things to him. It's the mom doing things to him. Then typically when we get to the theater, it's them presenting things to him. Like he's never the driving factor. He's just reacting to what's going on around him. So I think that's why it's a it's such an interesting juxtaposition after that movie where he's the driving for everything, whereas Mm -hmm. this is more like a. How can you just sell it as as mostly reacting? But then yeah, like you say, when it, it's mostly through just that voice performance, because that is crazy good. Um But yeah, this was a mental film. Like I think um for recommendations, like I've kind of avoided recommendations a few times, probably more than you have on the podcast, yeah. where I just don't know. Typically when it's like there's good and there's bad, it's just difficult. Whereas with this one, like I there's no way I could recommend this. Like just no way. And, like, I'm so glad I watched this, truly. And I think I mostly had a good time with it. But there is, without a shadow of a doubt, I could never recommend this to someone. Because it's most certainly with that runtime, like, I really take that into consideration for, for recommendations. And if I'm recommending you something that's three hours long it needs to be like unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, Like it needs to be those, those directors that really earn it with, you know, something like once upon a time in Hollywood. If anyone has ever thought about seeing that film and looked at the runtime and went, nah, I don't fancy it. You are so unbelievably wrong. Like the runtime is not even remotely consequential in any discussion surrounding that film. And that's how all great films should be. And I feel like Oppenheimer is identical as well. Um, Mm. It's just an amazing film and you shouldn't care about that runtime whereas with this it's it's the massive elephant in the room where even if you're someone that might like this sort of thing i feel like you might just get worn out by it let alone the fact that i think this is so unbelievably niche that i wouldn't even know what type of person i'd recommend this to but yeah i can only speak speak for myself and say that i'm i'm really glad i saw this like it it will stay with me for better or worse um but it's it's certainly not you know one of the best movies of the year. Like it's certainly not going to feature on any lists of ours or anything like that. Especially because it's it's such a weird genre thing as well. That like there is a lot of horror in here. And I'm certainly glad mm. we had this conversation. But it's it is definitely quote unquote more than just a horror film. Um, but yeah, I'm glad I saw it. it. Like I say, it's not for everyone. But I'm I'm glad I can finally exist now because it was one that I'd seen. I'm glad I can finally exist now. <laughs> Yeah, like, it, for me, it's weird when a big movie comes out that I feel like I should have my say on it and my opinion mm-hmm. on it that I haven't. And it's one of the only ones. Like, I see everything I want to see. like And and so this was one of the few that slipped through the cracks where I was like, oh, yeah, I just haven't seen this year, And I'm glad it wasn't, you know, getting to the year after. In it and I still lived in a world where I just hadn't seen Ari Aster's next film. Like, that would have just been crazy to me. So, yeah, the completionist in me is very happy, but I I will never ever watch this film ever again (laughs) under no circumstances um and but you know what that's fine a lot of the time um yeah but uh yeah that was our discussion finally on bo is afraid uh we'll take a quick break and we will be right back Yeah, we did actually have a uh, nice little random question this week on Twitter um, from Paul, who just says, in a world where Bo is afraid, which Meg is better, one or two? Um, So clearly (laughs) clearly he's... Clearly, he's megged out of his skull right now. Um, yeah, he's megged off his face isn't he, right now. <laughs> yeah. he also All added the, the answer is uh, both are awesome. So, <laughs> which I can tell you that's a lie because I've seen the first one. <laughs> I, I can't comment on the second one. <laughs> well,
1: I was going to say that's a lie. I've seen the first one and I believe it's probably the best one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, see, I disagree with that. I do think the second one will be better. Um, because I think I like the trailer for two more than the entirety of the first film. Um,
1: <laughs> oh, how did this become a Meg Ribbon?
0: <laughs> I really want to talk about it because I think it, it, it got. I'll tell you what, after watching Bo is Afraid, I couldn't think of a better palette yeah. right now than watching the I Meg. Mean,
1: you are 100% correct. <laughs> like nothing would would be a better like accoutrement to to, uh to bows afraid than than that yeah
0: i need the least like using my brain film possible because yeah i just want to watch dumb fun which actually moving swiftly on is just to quickly talk about it i am watching probably the perfect thing to get my brain off it um watching a bit of TV. Obviously, i talked about watching or wanting to watch American Horror Story, but I didn't decide to go with that. Decided to go with the newer TV show, Twisted Metal. Um which I've seen about three episodes. No, not from. No, that's that's way too much. Because that's like the opposite. You know it. It's like, I know
1: it, yeah. Listen, I minute.
0: love it because the last couple of conversations we've had, it's like, you know I need to find the right time for From. And you know that I time is not you, now. You knew you were being a little bitch saying you were going to watch it this
1: year. And then, like, the, the next week you, you're you finding yeah, very I good yeah, reasons I to not watch it. But I still don't like it
0: exactly especially because like when season f- if you can tell me when i'm gonna see season three i'll i'll watch it but you don't I have those answers mm. like in a long ass time from now that's the answer <laughs> that's not good enough because that's yeah, already okay. the answer to too many tv shows that i'm invested that's in all TV. um but yeah i guess i uh, i didn't really go against what i said because obviously with twister metal I was like i guess it could continue but i always like saw this is just a one and done type thing um mm and obviously it's not a super serious thing you know it's supposed to be just this wacky tv show and yeah it's delivering what i want like it's the episodes are like 25 minutes when you don't include like the intro and the credits and it's fun like i really liked episode one i think they they created what this world is brilliantly and my biggest takeaway was like man i'd love to see this game (laughs) <laughs> because it's it's funny right like twisted metal and i've, I've actually recently been playing one and two on, on the playstation 5 because they're they're available on there um and really having a lot of fun um but those are arena car combat games and to my knowledge that's always been what the franchise is and we haven't had one for 11 years since yeah. uh, twisted metal 2012 on playstation 3 two generations ago but i'm pretty sure it was never what we're presented in the tv world which is a post-apocalyptic world where you are delivering from city to city and then within the within the confines of these safe havens is just the absolute carnage of the car combat and i'm like mm. oh in the the tv world has presented what twisted metal 2024 coming exclusively to the playstation 5 next year should be and but yeah. that game doesn't exist because that would be awesome, especially with today's you know the way the the consoles run and that you could easily pull that off where you'd have all of the story and the cutscenes in these little safe hazens meeting characters, but then all of the gameplay would just be getting from place to place and trying to survive with as much of your loot as possible. Like it, this
1: is absolutely PS4 era, like uh, Sony, where it's like <laughs> let's let's get the IP of like God of War. Where it's like, yeah, this this game did gangbusters and was hugely popular, but my god, it was a weird like subgenre. And let's just turn it yeah. into like this beautiful story-driven narrative mm. of the father and son in the world of God of War. And it's like, yeah, let's let's make twisted metal like this post-apocalyptic world where there's this car carnage, but it's it's not the the one and only thing that this thing is. And yeah, it, it really feels like their MO that they just they never got round to doing it.
0: Yeah, like, I've not played it, but it sounds similar to what Days Gone is. Because I know that's kind of driving around and stuff. And so I feel like it should have been, yeah, kind of like that. But yeah, not not that, because not zombies. But, you know, I don't Mm. want it to be car-on-car combat. But yeah, like... I don't know just uh, seeing that in that world it's awesome and uh, and it did annoy me because I'm like I'm enjoying this tv show it's really fun um and it's funny as well like Anthony Mackie is especially funny I'm glad like I've always found him funny but he typically doesn't just do straight comedy whereas this is like it's just comedy like that is what this is and so I think that's why it's not kind of super relevant like we're obviously not going to like cover it especially because it's definitely not horror um but it's got violence in it and it is funny um but no i think it is it's a good palette cleanser for right now like i'm i'm enjoying you can just whack it on and it's such an easy watch and it's in some ways as well, it is like the counter-opposite to The Last of Us that was this, like, it's prestige television. You really have to sit with it, and you have to let these characters kind of tell you this unbelievable story with these incredible performances, and it's based upon, you know, arguably two of the greatest video games Sony's ever put out and and arguably two of the greatest video games ever made um, in recent generations. Whereas this is like, yeah, just this random IP that everyone's kind of forgot even existed and they've just made a fun tv show so yeah mm-hmm. i'm having a good time with it i'm 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 excited for you to watch it because i think you'll i think you'll like this a lot um yeah i just... definitely like once i stop watching three hour fucking movies for the podcast <laughs> 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 oh what can we find for next one? i don't think i think we've done them all you know i, I think we've uh, we watched all of done, the long films
1: I've so many long ass movies lately <laughs> it's
0: crazy yeah um but yeah, good times. But yeah, there'll be a lot of TV discussing. Like I say, there's uh, at least for this year. Like I say, we already had our pretty interesting conversation about TV going forward last year. But we've got some stuff to look forward to this year. So, I, um, did you ever watch Wednesday? No, I didn't. No, because I've I've I've
1: only got the finale to watch. I've been watching that, and right. um, it, it confuses me so much as to what it is because. I originally when I started watching it and like it has a very it has quite a violent opening scene and then for Mm -hmm. a while it's kinda like it feels like it should be more like the Goosebumps movie that came out with Jack Black, Mm. where it should be like a, a a little bit more hardcore than that, but a really good recommendation for people with young children to be like, Okay, this is like a good gateway, but it it's not. But it is like it's majority of that. But then it just has some shit in it that's way too dark where you can't let a, you know, Mm. eight, nine, ten year old watch it. And so it feels like a very weird thing where I'm like, I'm kind of enjoying it. But like, I wish it was either darker, preferably, because that's what I want to watch or lighter. So I knew what it was targeted at. Do do you know what I mean? And yeah. then I'm just like, I'm not quite sure why you exist in this weird level where, you know, it's it's got a, I think it's got like an age, an age rate and not like a 12 plus or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, it's probably where it's like at, where it's like probably like I would say like people as young as 12 to 15 should watch it in like a normal, mm. you know, sense of it. And I'm like, yeah, I just don't like why not go harder then if you're going to do that and just go for a full adult version or go lighter to to get you know the whole adams family kids vibe mm-hmm. and, and so yeah i found it weird but i have i have strangely enjoyed it um you know but it does do the same thing it you know it really is just like do you enjoy wednesday and this sarcastic comments on everything and when people are like you know we're going to a funeral and then she's like oh well I've been preparing for this my whole life and just like all this sarcastic, you know, just these sarcastic answers to things constantly. And it's just like, mm-hmm. but but I tend to chuckle every time. Like it, yeah. it just tends to work, but it's the same thing over and over again.
0: Yeah, it did look decent. Like I think um, mm. the point it's you made about thing. like, like who is this for? I think it's a super interesting one because like Netflix have done this a few times where mm. you have something like Stranger Things, which doesn't ever go, you know, doesn't have anything very violent or anything like that because it can clearly be consumed for a wider audience and I know this wasn't like the intention because it just kind of blew up but something like Squid Game was super fascinating because that had an unbelievably, it was unbelievably popular with a super young audience with people making mods for it and stuff like Roblox and Minecraft You know, clearly like super young kids watching Squid Game and like that is not even remotely okay for kids to watch um, the level of violence in that and so I think they do toe the line weirdly with something like that's what I'd always assumed with Wednesday, that I know it blew up on, like, mm. social media and stuff, and, like, obviously the character's super popular, but I kind of assumed it was darker based upon what I was hearing beforehand and kind of the websites that were covering it, where I always thought it was, no, it's 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 that character, but it is a more darker take on that character. Um so, yeah, they are they are weird, where it's like, I guess they can just get away with it. but like they they do sneak stuff in sometimes. But then other times, they do stuff like thirteen reasons why, where they just they bottle it and they they completely, you know, they completely to me, they completely ruined that show by editing out some of the craziest parts. And it's like, yeah, because it's there, and it's important. I mean, that is crazy because it's so important for the story for what yeah. you actually see. And it's like for them to edit that out years later for what i don't know that just made no sense to me um but uh yeah always good there's always tv to chat but i definitely do i still want to watch american horror story for sure because i've been thinking about that again the the problem Um, is it just gets to the point that then like yeah there's twisted metal and there's american mm -hmm. horror story and you just start
1: to get like a few of the things that you're not mad excited for on your backlog and then you just you know you just gotta see when you took away and then
0: yeah, this was. I really didn't think I was going to watch this, but then mm. once I put one on, and it being such an easy watch, where I was like, "Oh, I've got I already got lost in in it. It. <laughs> Yeah, like that's because when it was ten episodes all dropped at once, so I was yeah. like, "Oh, I was like, that's too much." you know yeah, that, that is a lot it. of episodes but then when you see how unbelievably short they are i'm like oh this is nothing you know you can just put one on and it's and it's over in an instant which i love and yeah the fact that i've got lost still ongoing is like a more serious thing but then this is just like a fun thing to throw on it is very good um because i didn't want another like say if i watched from or american horror story or something i really need to take that seriously whereas like i don't need to be fully paying attention all the time during twisted metal um also i don't know if you know one of the actresses in twisted metal, um, which I don't no, want to don't spoil, know it. no. Well, there's uh, there's someone in it that you are a massive fan of, so uh, sign you me up. I'm already in. Definitely watch it for that as well, because I she's in the first episode, and I was like, oh yeah, like I I do now. when she popped up, I was like, oh, I remember reading that name now, but I'd completely forgotten when I actually watched yeah, it. So cool. yeah, very very exciting. So, yeah, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about that in the coming weeks. Like I said, I'm still pretty early because there's there's a lot of episodes, but they are short, so. Uh, Yeah, looking forward to seeing the rest of that one. Um, But yeah, that is it for this week. That is episode 360. Uh, Thanks for listening, as always, and we'll see you again very soon. See you later, everyone.